0: Here's why you should get excited about it, because when you do social proof the right way, it's actually going to increase your conversions dramatically. It's going to help you overcome huge roadblocks, hesitations, concerns, and essentially anything that's stopping your customers or your prospects from converting. Social proof can dissolve those without you saying a word.
1: You're listening to Customer Show, the podcast that explores what makes people tick, click, and buy. I'm your host, Caitlin Burgoyne. I'm a marketer by trade and a four-time founder by choice. And I believe whoever gets closer to the customer wins. So here's the multi-million dollar question. In a world where everyone is fighting for your buyer's attention, how do people like us marketers and entrepreneurs who want to drive more sales without working around the clock or resorting to shady marketing techniques, how do we persuade more customers to buy from us? That's the question, and this show has the answers. I'd like to start this episode by saying thank you. Many of you have kindly given the podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Ratings really are the best way for new people to discover the show. And reading each one makes me all warm and fuzzy, so I am majorly grateful. I also wanted to give a special shout-out to listener Telus QWERTY. They left us a review saying this, This podcast is a game-changer for marketers and entrepreneurs. Caitlin does an amazing job of sharing valuable insights into understanding and reaching your customers. I can't wait to listen to new episodes and hear from more guests. Okay, so did you hear what I just did there? It was subtle, but actually extremely powerful. I just shared nice things that someone real had said about customer show. I could have told you just how great customer show was, but having someone else say it is so much more convincing. This is what marketers call social proof, and that's the topic for today's episode. We're going to dig in and ask an expert how we can leverage social proof to get more customers to buy. And boy, are you in for a treat. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Talia Wolf. Talia is the founder of Get Uplift, and she's one of the world's top conversion rate optimization experts. Talia is going to open the curtains and share how to use social proof to squash buyer objections and increase sales. So let's get right into it.
0: What exactly is social proof? That's a great question. So social proof is all about trust. It's about allowing people who come to your website, who are your prospects to feel like they can trust you, that you are trustworthy, that they are in good hands. And they know that if they choose to convert with you, whatever it is, if they want to hire you as a consultant, if they want to use your software, or maybe they're buying one of your products, they know that you are trustworthy and that nothing bad is going to happen. So that's where social proof kind of falls. It's that element that is super, super crucial when you are trying to sell anything in order to increase the confidence of your prospect.
1: Oh, that makes so much sense. Okay. So as marketers, why should we get excited about social proof?
0: So I, I also love this question because most times when you think about social proof, it's basically people plastering some logos on their website and calling it a day, right? They're like, we've been featured here. <laughs> it's like a bunch of logos. Or my favorite are the ones that say, we've never been featured on. I don't know if you've seen those. I have never... <laughs> <That's laughs> seen quite a few of those. We've never been featured on and like really insane logos. But here's why you should get excited about it. Because when you do social proof the right way, it's actually going to increase your conversions dramatically. It's going to help you overcome huge roadblocks, hesitations, concerns, and essentially anything that's stopping your customers or your prospects from converting. Social proof can dissolve those without you saying a word. Ooh,
1: that's so good. Because I think that oftentimes it's like what other people say about us is so much more powerful than what we say about ourselves. It just feels more, like you said, trustworthy. Okay. So what happens, let's say you're a business and you are, maybe it's a landing page, maybe it's a product page, but you have not included any social
0: proof. What is that? How's, how's that going to work out for you? You know, Andy Crestodina, who is the king of content and a great friend of mine once said, when you say it, it's marketing. When they say it, it's social proof. And I love, love, love that quote, because if you're not using social proof, you're going to have to essentially help your prospects convert And one of the things that happens is that people come to your website or they come to your funnel or even see your ad, or sometimes it's a landing page or an email, as you mentioned, and they're looking at it and they're thinking, well, maybe I'm interested, but, and that's where social proof can really come in. So I know that many times social proof is kind of considered as vanity. People say they're important. So as I said, like they'll use some logos or maybe they'll include some testimonials or someone saying this is the best website in the world, something very mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> generic. But as I mentioned before, If you use them correctly, you can actually diffuse a lot of roadblocks and concerns from your prospects. And then if you're not using them, you're going to have a harder time convincing people to convert because you can write the best copy in the world and you can have the most amazing website. But if there's no proof to the fact that, you know, to prove everything that you're saying, then why should anyone believe you? Right.
1: I love that quote from Andy when you said that I literally got goosebumps. (laughs) Like when you say it, it's marketing. When they say it, it's social proof. Okay. So you've mentioned a couple different types of social proof. You talked about that logo banner that people have. Sometimes it's testimonials. Like what are some different kinds of social proof? Can you give us kind of like a laundry list? Like what are we looking at here?
0: Yeah. So the obvious one are the logos. And then you'd either use logos of publishers that you've been on. So if you've written for any cool blogs, you can put the logos of those blogs or client logos to say, hey, these are the companies that we've worked with. You can also use testimonials, which are great for social proof, but there's other things and there's other resources. And sometimes when you're just getting started, it's actually harder to get social proof. So a couple of ways you can do this. Numbers are huge with social proof. So simply, mentioning, for example, how many people have downloaded your guide or Mm -hmm. how many uh, people have read this article or how many followers you have and mentioning actual numbers. I remember there's a few companies that even say how many employees they have, how many hours they work, where they are in the world. So actually using stats and information that your prospects care about can help. So numbers are great. The other thing you can use is plugins like Trust Pilot reviews um, and other plugins like that where basically people review you and give you reviews. If you're if you're an e-commerce site, then that's great because people are leaving reviews on your products. But if you're B2B, you can also do that with G2Crowd and other platforms. So essentially integrating reviews that you're getting somewhere else. Another thing that you can do, which is a personal favorite of mine, especially if you're just getting started, is to use social media social proof, I guess. So if someone tweets to you, if someone sends you a DM, if someone sends you a Facebook message, sometimes even if someone emails you and says, wow, thank you so much for that content, or I loved your webinar, or I love this article, you could ask them for permission to use that. And you could include that on your page. So you don't only have to go for the logos, which I know is like the biggest thing, but there's so much more that you can include from all over the web.
1: Oh, these are such good ones. Recently one of my team members found a new product. I think it's in beta, but it's you mentioned it. It's this idea of showing those tweets if somebody tweets something nice about you. I think the product is called shout out and it allows you to basically create a wall of tweets that people have said about you. So maybe you talk at a conference. I know that you've spoken at lots of conferences and during the talk, I'm sure people are being like, oh my God, Talia Wolf is blowing my mind. Like with this, you can actually go and select those ones and create different walls of social proof, depending on where you're going to stick them. I thought it was so cool. <laughs> it sounds
0: really good. As you're speaking, I'm like, I'm going to Google this for a second. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, let's take a quick time out. If you're listening to today's episode, I bet you're already imagining how you can apply all these ideas to your work. But before you go out and eagerly rewrite all of the copy on your website or change your whole marketing strategy, first, I need you to ask yourself this very important question. Do you know, without a shadow of a doubt, who your most valuable customer segment is? If not, you're in trouble. You don't have time to waste by chasing the wrong customers. Even with all of these ideas from our amazing guests, if you're chasing the wrong people, it's going to feel like an uphill battle. But if you're ready to stop wasting time on marketing that doesn't work and attract more dream customers, then I've got something you are going to love. I put together a free tool just for you. I call it my customer ranking calculator. Now in a matter of minutes, this quick exercise can help you to gain clarity around which customer segments you should focus on and which ones you may want to stop serving that sounds good right so if you want to download this free tool head on over to customercamp.co forward slash calculator that's customercamp.co forward slash calculator okay back to the show So let me ask you a question, and you are the perfect person to ask this. So what role does emotion play in social proof?
0: You know, it's actually super, super important. And I kind of alluded to it before. So yes, you can use vanity testimonials and they will work. This person increased my website conversions by X, or this is the best company in the world or the best product in the world. And it can work, but... I think that there's a lot of different emotional triggers and psychological triggers that affect our decision-making. So when we are making decisions, we're making them based on emotions. And I know that that's kind of hard to hear, but we are irrational people that make irrational decisions. Not me saying this. Neuroscientists, psychologists have been saying this for years. And it's on us to go beyond identifying who is the person on the page in terms of like their age or gender or geographical location. We want to understand their emotional triggers. We want to understand their intent, their true intent. And what that means is that when someone's buying from you, they are looking for a certain a certain feeling, a certain desired outcome. Maybe they're trying to feel better about themselves. Maybe they're trying to feel part of a community. Maybe they want others to admire them. Whatever it is, there's always an emotional trigger and it also plays a key role in social proof. So for example, you can use the band the bandwagon effect, which the bandwagon effect is a psychological trigger, which basically tells us that if a lot of people are doing it, that means it's good and we should use it too. So that's where you say, oh, X amount of people are using the product or people all over the world or from 170 countries are using our product. But other than that, there are other psychological triggers that can help. So let's say that you identify that the biggest roadblock that people have before signing up to your product is that they are worried they won't be able to do it themselves they're not tech savvy they don't understand the product they're worried they're going to get stuck now you could say on the website by yourself you could say we have 24 hours of customer support which is great but what if you displayed a testimonial by an actual customer that said It was 2 a.m. and I was completely stuck. I had no idea what to do. I was panicking and Amy from the team was there to help me and guide me through the entire issue and solved it for me within 30 minutes. I'm so glad that they have 24 hour customer service. Wow. Yes, it's so powerful. It's a huge difference. And that is that that's emotional. There's an emotional trigger in there because when you when you say it that way then you're capturing people's attention it's a story people love stories they identify them with them with them they relate to them thus as you just saying in a cute icon with a clock on it that <laughs> <it> says 24 <laughs> hour service there's there's real power to using testimonials correctly
1: I love it. Okay. So a question that I have is that you, you know, for most businesses, we have different types of buyers, right? We have people who are coming in, maybe our product or our solution can help in a few different desired outcomes or help people to kind of change in a few different ways that matter to them. Are there different types of social proof that are going to work with different kinds of
0: buyers? It's a great question. You know, I think that it really depends more on their stage of awareness thus is the type of buyer that they are so obviously if you're in b2b or b2c this varies But stages of of awareness are essentially the five stages, which Eugene Schwartz, the OG copywriter back in the fifties, he created these five stages of awareness. And what it actually means is that when you go through a customer journey, there's five different stages that you go through in your mind. One of them, the first one is it goes from unaware, being completely unaware that you have some pain to pain aware, solution aware product aware, and most aware. And each one of them is basically kind of identifying a certain state of mind that you have, whether you are in the stage of just needing to understand that this is a problem that needs solving, or if you're looking for different solutions that can help you, or if you're comparing solutions, each one is very different and super important. And it helps you identify what content needs to be on the page. For example, If someone is completely unaware that they're even experiencing any problems, so maybe you're a startup and you're trying to penetrate a market, but no one even knows that they need this solution, then most of your ads should probably be about that pain, triggering that pain and telling them the story of that pain. If you are targeting people who are pain aware, meaning they know they have the problem, but they don't necessarily understand that there's a solution for it, then you need to bring that to their attention. And the same goes for social proof. If someone is pain aware, then maybe you wanna use a testimonial of someone complaining about an issue that these people have too. Or if you are targeting people who are product aware, who are actively comparing you versus your competitor, then you can use social proof about how many people are using your product or how many people you've helped or how much, you know, results you've received, you got for your client. So it's not as, I don't see it as segment of people and more the stage that people are going through in the customer journey.
1: Oh this is so so good. Okay, so you've given a bunch of examples and like to make this all really tangible for the listeners. Do you have any specific examples? Maybe it's a project you did for a client. Maybe it's one of your students that has shared a kind of win that they got by incorporating social proof. Can you give any specific examples of a business that wasn't doing this before found kind of a nugget or an insight and found a way to communicate that through social proof and then kind of like what happened for them?
0: Do you have any stories like that? Yeah. Two come to mind as I'm listening to this, to you ask me this question. So number one, uh, which is my favorite is a client where I incorporated a quote from a client as the main hero image in their, on their homepage. So in their header on the homepage, they basically had a photo of this person giving the testimonial with the quote itself. And that was the first thing that people saw on the page. And it actually got incredible results. It was so cool to see that, you know, rather than showing a picture of the product or showing uh, the team or whatever it was that that, that companies have before, have actually incorporating a client or a prospect or a customer On your website that's already bought with you has already trusted in you and is giving this amazing testimonial can go a long way and it received amazing results. So that's like the number one thing that came to mind as I was listening to this question. I love that story because you know what? It's funny.
1: You say that, and like I think, as soon as you said that, I was like, "Oh, you're allowed to do that." <laughs> and like my mind oh, went immediately like, awesome. you never see that, right? You don't see that very often, anyway. It's certainly not common website practice, and so mm-hmm. I think you know, but of course, that makes so much sense. Why wouldn't you have this really compelling words from customers as the first thing somebody sees, you know, to hook them to want to read more, but it's not something that people conventionally do. It's typically, you know, a product Mm. shot, or it's, you know, a value proposition about the product, and then kind of like a positioning statement or something. But you don't often see that. And it's like, well, just because it's not common,
0: that probably is a good thing. <laughs> like- yeah. You know, when you're in a very, I guess competitive industry and there's a lot of competition, these kind of things can change the game. When you are constantly being compared to others and people are tab jumping from one option to the next, and they mm-hmm. suddenly see someone that looks like them that they can relate to and actually providing a quote about how amazing this company is and how it helped them or transition them or change them or or help them become this person that they wanted to become... That can go a long way, and it doesn't have to, you know, be instead of a value proposition or instead of a call to action button. It's just the main hero image is actually showing your customer. And even if you didn't in, um, include a quote, even if you just had the photo of this person and a text below them saying, "This is their name," "This is how long they've been our client," and how happy they are with us, then that would be that would go a long way too. So it's it's worked so well and i i love that strategy.
1: oh that's so good. okay, so i'm let's do a hypothetical scenario here. so i'm a marketer or an entrepreneur and i am ready to up my game when it comes to social proof. maybe i've only done the kind of obvious things. maybe i have a couple logos on my website from clients we've worked with. maybe i've got a couple testimonials but they're not really they're not emotional trigger testimonials. they're kind of just like so and so was great. like so now i'm ready to start doing more. Like, what are my first steps to going out and assessing, like, what should I be sharing? What content should I try to get from past clients? Like, how do I decide what to do first? Without a doubt,
0: a customer survey. Like, mm. That's it. That's, that's the, the only thing I'm going to say, because what you want to do is you want to reach out to your best customers, the ones that are super engaged or your best clients, And say, hey, I'm trying to improve my website. I'm trying to make my business better. I'm trying to help serve more people in a better way. And I'd love to get your feedback. And you don't ask them about, I don't know, do they like your website? Or why did they come to your website? You ask them very specific questions. One of my favorite questions, which is is very helpful, is if you could no longer use this product anymore or solution or my service anymore, what would you miss the most? Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's a very, very good question because normally you'd ask, what's the best thing about it? So what's your favorite feature or what can't you live without? But when you ask it in that way and you're telling them, Hey, tomorrow you won't be able to use this anymore. You won't be able to contact us anymore. What's the one thing you're going to miss the most? You're going to get a ton of value from that. You're going to get real raw answers. So what you want to do is reach out with specific questions that uncover different emotional triggers that really, I guess, help you identify the value that people see in you. And that will help you understand your customers better. For example, you could even ask, what's the number one thing you would mention to a friend if you wanted to convince them to give us a try? That is Testimonials. Those are testimonials. People are going to write back to you and in their words. And then all you have to do is copy and paste their words onto your website.
1: Ah, oh, genius. It's so easy. It's easy for you, it's easy for the customer, or the client. And with that first question you asked, you know, what would you miss the most if you couldn't use that? Even as you were asking that, I felt like this emotional response. It was like, you think about your favorite products or your favorite service providers that you love working with. And the thought of having that relationship suddenly severed, it does drop emotions. It's like, oh my God, it'd be so painful. I'd have to go and try to do all the research again to find another good provider or another great 100%. tool. And like all of our workflows are in there and oh my God, like my business would break. Like it definitely conjures a. very quick emotional response. I love Mm -hmm. that question.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think that that is the key to getting testimonials and social proof, where you're going to the source and asking them the questions and getting the replies and just using those.
1: Mm hmm. Okay, so you've given us so much gold in this episode already. And at one point, you'd mentioned a few different tools. You mentioned Trust Pilot or using review apps if you're an e-commerce company. Any special tools or resources that listeners should check out? Of course, there's probably so much out there. But is there anything that you think is, you know, this is a good one worth mentioning? Anything that comes
0: to mind? Yeah, actually, one of my favorite ones is Proof. It's a simple plugin that you add to your sales page or your website, and it shows how, who actually converted lost. So when, we're, when we open enrollment for our courses, we have that show up, and it basically shows the people who signed up and enrolled for the course in the past 30 minutes. So it says, oh, this person from Alabama signed up now, or this person from London just registered. And it just keeps coming, and it just shows all the people that took an action. And you can decide what action that is. And you can decide what the pop up will say. But it's super cool. And I've seen it work really well um, for us. So I definitely recommend it.
1: Very cool. And with thinking of that, like, so we recently had a launch. And one of the things that I followed up and I asked buyers was, you know, tell tell me like, what was going on in your world? that made you buy this? And a bunch of people came back and said, Oh, I saw so and so who I trusted tweet about it or mention oh, it. Wait. And the price was good. And so you're talking about all these ways that you can gather social proof from people. Is it possible to also kind of like incentivize social proof, like to get people sharing your message?
0: Yeah. I mean, for sure. When I, when I launched my first course ever, I was just telling you about this before I was six months pregnant (laughs) and I, I reached out, excuse me. I reached out to some good friends. I, one of them is Rand Fishkin And I said, hey, do you mind like tweeting something? And I really did just expect him to write like, hey, you know, check out Talia's thing. But he wrote an entire thread of like seven (laughs) tweets. And it was incredible because a ton of people mentioned later that they enrolled because Rand tweeted about it. So I do think that when it comes from a genuine place where you're just saying like, hey, can I have, you know, do you mind helping me out a bit to just spread the word? And we do this a lot with all our friends. When my friends reach out to me and say, hey, do you mind... Uh, retweeting this? Do you mind sending this to a bunch of people? If I find value in something, and I think it's really going to be valuable for my listeners or for my readers, I'll send an email to my email base and say, Hey guys, you know, there's something really cool going on. You should check it out. So I don't think there's any harm in asking other people for help.
1: I love that. That's so good. And Rand is just, he's such a genuine guy too. You know, if he's recommending something that it genuinely is something good, like he's done such a good job as you talk about like building trust. Like I really think people trust him. And so a great word from Rand is really meaningful. Okay. So let's say I'm a marketer. I'm working at a company and I know that we could be doing more with social proof and it's a priority for me, but it's not a priority for the rest of the team. Is there something I could do to persuade my team to really get why this is important so I can spend a little time here?
0: You know, I think that at the end of the day, it's about testing and showing the results. So a lot of the times it's a, mentioning, hey, this isn't going to take a ton of my time, it's going to be part of what I'm doing anyway. So if you're going to do a customer survey, then say, hey, I'm going to use this for social proof. Or if you know that you the company has two or three main roadblocks that are constantly holding people back, then you could say, hey, my hypothesis is that if we, instead of saying this and this on our website, if we included... Testimonials or these numbers or this on the website, we would get better results. Let's test it. So I feel like when you go to your manager or your boss or anyone and you say, like, here's my hypothesis. Here's how, here's the problem. Here's my hypothesis. Here's how I want to solve it. I don't think there's a lot that people can say against it. It's not like you're saying, Hey, let's redesign something. It's just about including an important piece of information on your, on your page. So and I, by the way, another way to do it is to test it in ads, which is what I tend to do quite a bit. I'll test a quote or specific social proof in a Facebook ad and see how people respond to that. I'm like, Oh, if this, people are responding well to this, let's include it on our website or on the pricing page or in an email and so on. So
1: good. That's so smart. And I think you're right. I mean, I think if you position it as an experiment, you know, most people are going to be more open to that versus like a big project that we need to do. I love that. Okay. So, you know, moving forward in our hypothetical scenario, I have gone out, I've gotten some social proof. I've like, I surveyed customers, I've pulled things in and I'm showing more now to kind of indicate that, this is a product or a solution that people should trust. How am I going to know when it's working? Like what will be the telltale signs?
0: (laughs) Well, the short answer is you're not going to know directly, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but if you're just now adding social proof for the first time, then you can definitely test it and see the results and you'll see results because when you're testing such a thing, you will see a difference in conversions. But the other way you can also use is heat maps to see if people are lingering on that section, if people are hovering over it, people are clicking on it. It's more of a strategic thing. So you're not going to have immediate results and numbers to show unless you're running a specific A-B test. But it's important. So I feel like you can use heat maps and other devices in order to just like see if people are even interacting with it. But I don't know if I should expect to see, you know, hardcore results in Google Analytics and expect to see something like a spike unless I'm testing it. Right,
1: okay, that makes a lot of sense. So Talia, you have given us a wealth of information. I am super inspired. I wanna try that Proof app on our next launch and check that out. I'm definitely gonna be sending one of those surveys out to (laughs) some of our new customers. And so obviously people are gonna wanna learn more from you. What's the best way for them to follow up with you and learn more of this good stuff?
0: So to learn more on our website, get uplift. We have a blog with a ton of free resources and guides and workshops. So that's a good place to learn more. And then if you want, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, and I can definitely answer any specific questions that you have and dive into a conversation in there with you.
1: Fantastic. And I can attest for how fantastic her blog is. It is outstanding. So definitely make sure to check it out, guys. Well, Talia, thank you for being here today and for sharing all of this wisdom.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time.
1: Hey there. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening to the show. I absolutely love getting nerdy with you and our guests each week. It is just so much fun. And speaking of nerdy marketing stuff, have you heard about the power of reciprocity in marketing? Reciprocity is one of the best methods you can use to persuade people to take action. It's simple. Give something small for free before you ask for a sale. You see this all the time in marketing. Sometimes it's a free sample, a free trial, or even a free podcast like this one. With that in mind, I've got a small favor to ask. If you've gotten at least one aha moment while listening to the show, could you go to Apple Podcasts and give Customer Show a five-star rating? It'll only take a few seconds, and ratings are really the best way to help new people discover the show. I see every rating and am beyond grateful for each one. And who knows, maybe one day you'll need something from me and then I can return the favor for you. So thanks again.